Hey Connected Fam, welcome for another week. Um, it is always, always lovely to have you back and it is a blessing and a humbling privilege to be able to speak to each person that is going to listen to this episode. So this week's episode is online validation and it's gonna, I'm going to talk about some other stuff on top of it, which I just think I need to get out of my head. Um, with regards to maybe online presence, online ministry and networking and stuff like that. But we're going to touch a a whole bunch of stuff. And the reason why I wanted to touch a whole bunch of stuff was because, um, my 10 year old daughter came up to me and she asked me about my YouTube video and she's like, mom, how many views have you had? And at that time, I think it was like around 30 or 40 views. Um, I really, I don't, anyway, I'll explain to you when I, and after I told her how many views I've had, she's like, oh, it's okay, mom, you'll get more people watching. And it really opened my eyes to the idea that, um, if a 10 year old daughter was trying to comfort me because I had only had two views, I mean, 30 views or whatever it was, uh, I realized we're going to be, we're going to experience type of insecurities and um, yeah we're going to be experiencing a lot of emotions with regards to social media and I am going to connect this up to once you're actually using social media for ministry um, the impact that it's going to have but I was like wow my 10 year old daughter's trying to comfort me I'm like it's amazing the impact that uh, online social media and stuff like that is going to impact us on a psychological level in terms of insecurities and stuff like that. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. All right, well, let's get into it. All right, so on this episode, I wanted to give a shout out to someone who is on online, who does have an online ministry. Um, And it is from Instagram. So I'm like really going hard with this Instagram stuff. So I've I've done Facebook for I don't know how many episodes, nearly like a whole year, and now I've just jumped into Instagram. So um, who I do want to give a shout out, uh, it is the Adventist Dude. He is on Instagram, and um, if you want to search him, it is Adventist.Dude. And he has some really, really inspiring, really encouraging, and extremely helpful vlogs on there. Sorry, blogs. So, yeah, I invite you to check him out. Um, I know I have read some of his stuff and I was like, oh, wow, that is really profound. Um, And he touches on things that um, at the moment he's doing like a series of blogs. uh, It says, let's talk about anxiety. Let's talk about forgiveness. Let's talk about prayer. Let's talk about depression. Uh, So finding them really, really helpful. Um, So, yeah, thanks, Advanced Dude, for also following me on Instagram. Um, I'll take that as as we are, we are collaborating in some sort of way by um, just engaging and also consuming each other's content, which is awesome. All right, so as we get into this episode, I... Okay, I'm going to take it in that direction. Okay, clearly this is what happens when you don't take notes of things. You, you decide on the spot how you're going to go about this. All right, so let's talk about um, online validation and likes and all that sort of stuff. I am someone who's really interested in psychology, Um, I am going to uni, as you may already know, uh, to do a Bachelor of Social Work and Human Behavioral Science. That sounds so fancy. I finally can say it all because I I used to like stutter at the human behavioral science (laughs) bit because I'm like, oh, hold on, how does it go? Um, 
but I am going to do that. And the reason why I have picked that course um, and decided to get that degree is because it is something that I am so fascinated with humans. But I must say I have a pull towards helping people when they are struggling. So social work seemed to really just be the perfect job for me. Uh, psychology, I'll be totally honest, I wanted to do it, but I'm like, mm, there's going to be like a ton more reading than there would be in social work. Um, even though social work is going to have a lot of reading in it anyway, but psychology was just too much. And then I know that you have to do like, yeah, you have to do like masters and doctorates and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, nope. I'm like, I'm, I'm sticking with my social work because if I do it part-time, it's already going to be eight years before I graduate. So um, I am starting off full-time and seeing how that goes. But anyway, I we're dragging and telling you about my life. Okay, so I really have a passion for psychology and things like that. And I have, have sat down and thought to myself, there is going to be an aspect of psychology that I know is going to end up branching out into social media. And it's going to end up branching out. There is going to be this niche area for psychology to help people who are dealing with the effects of social media and online online presence that's the only way I can think of how to say it but of the fact that you're online and a lot of validation a lot of who you are a lot of your identity is going to come through social media and I think there are going to be a ton of people that are going to need a lot of counseling and a lot of therapy to be able to deal with the stuff that happens online whether it's through trolling or whatever it is so I wanted to talk about um, maybe some experiences that I have had Um, I'll be totally honest like I feel at some point social media has become something that was very I'm not gonna say vain I'm not gonna say anything like that I think it did become something that I wanted people to engage with and if they didn't I felt that it was a reflection of me and maybe a reflection of the thoughts that I shared so I'll be totally honest with you I have there was a stage in my online presence and in my Facebook which was earlier before any of my ministries I will be totally honest with you was before that where you know, I was conscious of how many people liked, how many people commented, what they commented. And I think at that point, okay, let's just be totally honest with each other. I think at that point I was just very lonely. And because I was lonely, I fell back on social media as my outlet to try and feel like I had literal friends (laughs) Um, because I had no friends here where I live so I think when I when I think about it and when I reflect of why my social media affected me in that way I can honestly tell you that the reason why that was was there was a lot lacking in terms of my socializing um honestly parenting has has literally taken a lot out of me um and as a result I have turned to social media as an escape from the reality of being at home in a rural area, uh, homeschooling my girls, being with my girls all the time, it, it, it felt like 
somewhere I could just escape to. And at the time, like I said, I didn't really have friends to do that. And things have changed a lot since. Um, So probably in the last three years, four years, pretty much after a rise, pretty much after a rise, I became very intentional about trying to make friends, which I had never done before. And if I take this all back and drag this thing out really long, I never, I never tried to make friends because I was just always with Stevie. Stevie was my, the poor guy was my go-to for everything. And it wasn't until probably just the year before Rise that I realized, you know, I actually needed a lot more than that. Um, and it was really unfair to place so much pressure on Stevie to be my best friend, to be my, my, let's talk about life. Let's talk about children. Let's talk. It just was unfair on him. Anyway, so the year, probably the year before Arise, I started realizing, okay, this is not a good place. I'm actually really struggling with this. I'm struggling with living out in the country. We went to Arise and I feel like everything I have wanted for my whole life, because ever since I met Stevie, I just didn't have friends. I went to Arise and I'm hanging out with like 30 awesome people every single day for three months. And it just was a shift. Um, at this, at, at Arise as well, I met Jordan, who's my best friend. So there was a lot of like shifts in terms of my social needs that uh, happened at Arise. Um, and then as a result, I just, I would see like group of girls hanging out and I was like, wow, I've never had that. Literally guys, I have never had that. (laughs) So I was like, wow, I'm like, I want a group of girls to hang out with. Um, this desire to have something that I literally didn't have came. So anyway, back to social media. So I know that in those years, in prior to a rise and prior to that year where I was like, okay, I don't like the way my social aspect is in my life. I need to like actively try and switch this up. That's what Facebook was all about. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends because at the same time I was at a point where I was like, you know, Facebook is of the devil. Um, (laughs) when persecution comes, I'm going to be tracked down through my Facebook account. Um, so I didn't have a lot of people on my Facebook. It was really more just for family to keep in contact with family and stuff like that. So that's basically what I did, but there was still that desire and I was still very conscious and I used to concentrate a lot on, you know, how many people liked things, what people commented on and why did they commented on. So I think if we can all work out the reason why we look to the amount of likes the amount of followers I think we will get a better understanding and look guys I honestly feel like I'm someone who's just like happy-go-lucky you know whatever happens happens kind of person that I'm not the sit down and work through this and come back to it and do this for like five days until you found exactly what the problem is or what it is that you're trying to fill. I'm not that kind of person, trust me. But I do believe that when it comes to stuff like this, if you're not going to go to counseling, if you're not going to go to therapy, if for whatever reason, whatever convictions, you know, maybe you just financially can't, whatever. I do believe that if you want to stop dealing and battling the demons that come from I'll say specifically online validation 
I would really encourage you to just sit down and just write a few ideas down or when the ideas come up, maybe write them down like on your phone in a notes app or something, but to really just think about it. I mean, the word could be to meditate, reflect on it, whatever it is that you feel comfortable, but just take some time to deal with the reasons why the amount of likes affects you. Think about the reason why um, when you compare yourself to someone else, when you see that, okay, this is me, this is totally me, so I'll tell you because it is me. When someone else's profile picture got a certain amount of likes and your profile picture didn't. Now, this was me prior to, oh, I must say I probably had had maybe two instances after 2014 where this has happened, but um, if you're comparing and if you feel any type of way when you see that someone else got like 30 likes on their profile and yours only got 10, I really encourage you to sit and process that because there is going to become there is going to come a point where this stuff will get a little heavy. I know that depending on the circumstances in your life, in addition to what's going on online it can have a really negative effect on you um, and it can affect us in in different ways and what that negative negativity looks like can vary for all of us um uh, whatever like I'll be totally honest people don't some people think I'm really confident and like yeah I, I am but I will honestly say I'm only confident in the gospel um I'm confident in my faith in terms of my denomination um as you all know my faith was pretty pretty weak this year um over last year so I'm I'm definitely seeing myself in a different light in terms of how faithful I am in my faith um but in terms of the truth of the Adventist church you cannot shake me like I I am very confident um in what my church stands for and the biblical foundation the the solidness of the biblical teachings that are given through the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So I'm very confident when it comes to that. And I think people perceive me because I am very active in my church, because I'm very involved in events that are connected to my church. People, I think, assume I'm just a confident person, but I'm actually really, really insecure. Um, And I think I'm even more insecure after what happened um, in 2018. But the process that I have worked through to get to where I am today, where where I must honestly say I'm probably still extremely insecure, but I know what to do when those insecurities come and haunt me has really helped. And I know that if I hadn't have processed 2018, 2019, the way that I did, which was sitting down and, and writing down the stuff that I think, the stuff that I feel the things that impact me, I don't think I would be where I am today. And I feel like my pit would have just got darker and deeper and bigger. So I do encourage you to do that. Um, I do believe that there is there is that aspect and there is an aspect of insecurity that comes um, with online validation. You, you may be a very insecure person like I was, um, or you may just be seeking some type of connection And that connection, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, online comes through numbers. It comes through figures. The matrix that we use online 
for any type of, as a reflection of who we are, unfortunately comes through numbers. I actually shared, um, I preached a sermon uh, two weeks ago and I shared about um, a whole bunch of Adventist digital missionaries and in that, before I even gave figures for the amount of likes that they have had uh, for certain things, so for Jasper, I actually shared a picture that had, you know, like 1,800 likes. Um, I shared <clears throat> Justin's YouTube channel with like 96,000 subscriptions. I shared Caleb's Facebook page with 10,000 uh, page likes. Before I even shared all that, um, I also shared a whole bunch of podcasters. I shared uh, their download numbers to date. Um, I did share uh, Jess Shipton's uh, Smile for No Reason blog. Um, who else? Um, Dr. Heather Thompson Day. I shared her stuff. as So I, I shared a whole bunch of people that you could say are like very popular people that are in the digital space right now. And the only way that I could express the sphere of influence that God has given these people was by figures. And honestly, like it sucks. I don't like doing that because I know what figures can do to someone who doesn't have those figures. I know what it has done to me. So it really is hard to share figures and to share figures in a way that is reflective of, hey, this is how God has blessed this ministry. So when I shared my sermon... I, before I even got into sharing the ministries and sharing their, their figures, I made it very clear that our influence is not limited to the number of people that we have. And the anointing that God has placed on us is not reflective of those figures. I believe that people have been called to minister and to witness and to get into different aspects of ministry in different ways and I believe that we cannot base their anointing on the numbers that they get so as I did this little intro my my biggest thing was and that I could think of in like a biblical connection was when Jesus talked about the shepherd that left the 99 for that one I I really feel impressed to share with everyone that when we leave the flock and when we sit and compare numbers there were 99 sheep and there was one but the shepherd went to seek out that one he turned his back on the 99 the bigger number to seek the smaller number and I, I really want to encourage anyone who is in the digital space who is using any of their social media for ministry I really encourage you to, to remember that the one is just as significant as the 99 um, and if your Facebook, if the friends or the followers that you have on your Facebook is not as big as someone else, just remember that God cherishes the one just as much as the 99. And if God is using you to save the one, then you are doing an awesome, powerful work that is going to change heaven for eternity because you found that one. So I really want to affirm everyone that is using their social media for digital ministry to not be overwhelmed or to not be made to feel insecure or inadequate or 
like maybe you're doing the wrong thing maybe this isn't what you're doing if you have prayerfully considered digital ministry and if you have uh, clearly felt the calling of God for this anointing and if God and through his Holy Spirit continues to give you a desire to use your Facebook for ministry to use your Instagram for outreach uh, whether he uses you to take pictures like Jasper, take photos and use them for ministry, uh, whether you are doing web designs, whether you are doing graphic design, whether it is even that, you know, it doesn't even have to just be online. Whatever your ministry is, if you feel like the return that you're getting, the um, the... <laughs> the response that you're getting maybe isn't what you would like, just continue to do what you're doing. You have no idea the impact that you're doing. I'm going to give you the example of um, Stevie's mom, my mother-in-law. Um, so she, before this was before Facebook days, uh, she used to get the white pages. So for our international listeners, I don't know what your what color they gave these pages, but it's a directory. So it's a phone directory. And uh, you, the white pages in Australia are specific to finding uh, people, like residents. So it's not like the yellow pages that are for businesses. When you want to find the number for a business, you would flick through this massive, big, chunky book and you'd find, you know, whatever, your local mechanic or a local fruit shop or whatever. So the white pages is when you're trying to find a person. So if you wanted to find me, you would go to a Revelo. And you would search through a Revelo and you'd look for someone that has a C. So it would say C, a Revelo, and it would give you an address. So if you knew that I lived in Jinjin, then you'd look through these white pages and find C, a Revelo, and she's in Jinjin. Then you had my address and you could contact me by mail. Stevie's mom, she used to go through the white pages. And I, this is no joke. Um, that that lady is so inspiration, inspirational. So she used to go through the white pages. This is what she would do on a weekly basis. She would go through the white pages and uh, she's obviously Argentinian. So she speaks Spanish and she would have a lot of resources, um, Adventist resources in Spanish. So she would go through the white pages and scroll through every single letter or she would think of Spanish last names and she'd go and find them and she'd send letters to every single person in that with that Spanish last name she would mail them out either it'd be like a signs of the times magazine or it would be like some random health brochure but she would she would post out to those people with a Spanish last name she would post out um, some sort of material and she would do that and she did that for years for years she never had one person respond but she kept on going. She continued to, and she has continued to do that. So don't give up on your mission or on your calling simply because you don't get a response on online validation. Don't give up on your calling to be in digital ministry because you don't have a lot of likes, because you don't have a lot of downloads, because you don't have a lot of people commenting or engaging or sharing your posts. Um, I really want to encourage you with that uh, because I believe that in a personal level, uh, so if we're not using social media and online platforms for ministry, then it's going to fall back on our identity of who we are 
as God's children. And online is going to definitely shake you up if you aren't grounded and solid on who God has made you as an individual. There are things that I think you will have to deal with and things that you will have to find complete validation in God. And when you are finding yourself in a position where yeah, you're feeling insecure, something has triggered a really negative thought, you're starting to doubt yourself, you're starting to question yourself, Uh, you're starting to place negative um, emotions onto yourself, negative thoughts onto yourself. When we do, when we use online presence for our personal um, representation, we're going to have to deal through that and we're going to have to find it all in God. And when people comment, when people or the figures, the numbers are low in comparison to other people, we have to make sure that we are totally at peace with who we are. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's going to be something really important that you're just going to have to process and you're going to have to find a way to find the solution for that. And that's only going to come with sitting down and actually working through all the negativity that has been evoked uh, through whatever it is that you have found online. Um, so that's that. I am going to switch it now to ministry and I'm going to share with you a little bit of my experience. Um, it's It's been really interesting. I mean, when I started the podcast, like I think we all say this or many of us say this. We're like, oh, if just one person listens. And honestly, I, was, I would be truly blessed if one person listened. Um, I don't doubt that at all. But I do want to share with you what happened and what did shake me. Where I was like, God, I'm just wasting my time. Like, no one's going to listen. Or the only, re- the only time that I have really been ready to give up on the podcast. And this is really early on. This is probably like maybe two months in. The reason why I was ready to give up on the podcast wasn't because I was dissatisfied with the downloads that I had had at that un- until then. And by that time, it was probably like 20 downloads a week, which meant that 20 people were listening or downloading it a week. Um, I was I was really quite excited. Honestly, I was like, wow, 20, that is so cool. The only The only point where that 20 was no longer cool, where that 20 was like, oh, it's just a waste of time. I know God hasn't called me to this. Was when I compared myself to other podcasters. Uh, when I compared myself to the downloads that other podcasters were getting. And I think this is another aspect that we need to keep in mind. When I compared myself to the like thousand downloads that other podcasters were getting a week. I was like, God, like, this is such a waste of time. Like, you really haven't called me. I don't have a gifting. Um, This isn't your will. This wasn't supposed to be what I was supposed to do with my life. So I really wrestled with being present in the podcasting space only because I compared myself to someone else. And I think, honestly, comparison can be so demonic um, when we are not secure and confident in who we are. So the reason why I say that that is the only time, because I think it is still healthy to compare ourselves to other people with the idea of us growing, with the idea of us bettering our our, our product, ourselves, our ministry, when we can see the potential of where we could be 
if we maybe implement certain things, maybe if we put a bit more effort into it, um, maybe if we're more strategic about our marketing, our promotion, I think that that is really healthy. Comparison is healthy when it encourages growth and when it encourages us to inspire to the possibility or to the capacity of what we're doing. So I think that that is positive, but if you're not secure of where you are at, at least the effect that it had on me, it made me want to give up on the podcast because I was like, 20? Like, what's 20 compared to 1,000? Um, and I think that there is a lot of things that I processed in order to be okay with that. Uh, one of those was is that we have to understand that the person that had 1,000 downloads a week, um, they had been doing it for a long time. Um, they are like really well known as well. So they have uh, maybe a, a greater influence or their sphere of influence is already quite large. Therefore, um, to get a percentage of that listening to their podcast is obviously going to be a lot bigger than mine who is a homeschooling mum in a rural country in Queensland, Australia. So there's there's a lot of factors that I had to take into consideration and that gave me a lot of peace. Um, but then at the same time, you know, um, totally honest, let's be totally transparent with you. There are people who started the podcast, maybe after, started a podcast maybe after me. So if we were to give it, oh, it's a time thing, you know, this podcast has been going for a lot longer, therefore they have a lot more listeners, their sphere of influence. When we take all of that into consideration, there was... There, there was and there still is podcasts that have started after me who those rationales don't work they haven't been there for I have been there for a longer time and they're still getting more downloads than me um so that's okay like because I've processed it I'm like god this is where you have me and this is where you want me um so that was really important because that like I said there are podcasts that have started after me that have <laughs> probably like four times more downloads than me. Um, And I couldn't use the rationale that I used for the thousand download per week um, reasoning. So they are new and I don't know if their sphere of influence is as big as what the thousand download podcast person has. But regardless of the point, I had to deal with that. I was like, that's okay. I'm going to be happy with mine. And Luke Ferrigia from um, the Oz Table Talk podcast, he was really sweet because, I mean, God God just puts the right people to show up at the right time. Because the, the, at the time when I was like having issues with like, oh, my downloads are so insignificant, you know, is it really, is this really what God wants it, wants for me? Is it really yeah is it really even worth me doing a podcast um Luke shows up and you know we sort of started discussing about you know download numbers and stuff like that and I must have shared it in a way where Paul Luke must have been like oh she's going through that and so she's he shared with me and he said you know what you know everyone goes through that at some point um but the really encouraging thing he said he's like I have done I've personally done door knocking and I have run bible study groups and I know how how fulfilling it is to have like your Bible study group, like to have 12 people in it. Um, <clears throat> I know how exciting it is to door knock on people's doors and to have Bible study contacts. I know how exciting and how just 
the gratitude that comes from just having like going door knocking and getting one Bible study contact or uh, going and writing a Bible study group and having one person come who is not Christian or not Adventist. Like I know how fulfilling and how thankful I am and the smile on my face when I see that. And I remember Luke saying to me, he's like, if you would have a small group, and at the time my downloads were 20, he's like, if you would have a small group and 20 people showed up to your small group, how would you feel? And I'd be like, I'd be stoked. He's like, well, you literally have a small group every week and 20 people are showing up every week to listen to what God has put on your heart. And that just changed it. Like he just, and he was like, if you were planting a church and 20 people showed up, how would you feel? And I was like, wow. And he was like, you literally have 20 people showing up to church to listen to what you have to share this week. And that changed my world. Like Luke's advice um, just came at such a needing time. Like I just, yeah, it, it literally helped me to switch my way of thinking from it's not about this person has a thousand people going to their church and I only have 20. It was when he put it in the context of people and me like having a organized program and 20 people showing up, I understood that this is like 20 people. Like it's just epic. And ever since then, as the downloads have grown and, you know, they are a lot bigger than what they originally were, um, I have come to realize, like, every person that downloads is so significant that I'm constantly reminded of the beauty of the one sheep. I'm constantly, God is constantly reminding me that... uh, there was beauty in the 20 downloads and there is beauty in the like 100 downloads that I currently get um, on average. So it's really encouraging. Um, I believe that when it comes to digital ministry, it is something that you just have to be patient with. I remember Justin sharing about um, his YouTube channel and he was sharing about the fact that uh, when he started, you know, he started like three years ago, maybe four years ago. Uh, he, sh- he shared like no one watched my videos. And we- I remember him sharing with his testimony that he, I'm probably going to get figures wrong because you guys know I'm terrible with details like that. But I remember he asked God for a, a certain number of subs. Um, and he's like, God, please give me, I think it was like a hundred subscriptions um, in, in his first year of doing YouTube channel. And for anyone who wants to check him out, uh, his YouTube channel is that Christian vlogger. Um, and you can just YouTube that and you'll find him, but his channel has rebranded and it is, um, changed, but you can still find him under that. And yeah, so he's like, he's like, Oh, you know, um, he prayed to God and he's like, I just want a hundred subscriptions in the first year. Like that, that's what I pray for. And, and that will be like the answer to prayer. And, and God was like, Nope, try bigger. <laughs> and he's like, you aim, aim higher and aim for something that is, will seem unrealistic to you so that you can totally be at peace. And I think by the end of the first year, he had 500 subscriptions or maybe 250, I don't know, 250 and 500 are in my head for some reason. But anyway, God God gave him a bigger subscription than what he wanted. And that wasn't 
that wasn't necessarily like to prove that God had called him to that, but it was something that would be used to give validation to Justin to say, this is where I wanted you. Um, if you want to put out figures like that, then go for gold. Um, I am in a position where honestly, I'm just like, I'm here. I'm going to show up. I want to continue with this podcast. It has been so beneficial for me. Um, so I will continue with the podcast regardless of whether I get a thousand downloads a month or a week or not. Um, I, I'm here for the presence of the one sheep. Um, and as long as there is one person listening to this download and uh, listening to this podcast, I'll continue on. Um, but I know that God works works in other ways and, and he has helped me to process and deal with the fact that I was just so insecure about the thousand downloads compared to my 20 that um, I know God knows that I will be here regardless of whether I get a thousand downloads or not. Um, I know that we have worked through that to the point where this thing's we're going to be good. Um, so I do want to switch it up now a little bit because this is where I'm just going to tell you about my own insecurities. <laughs> I'm just letting it, giving you a warning in advance. I attended the Digital Discipleship Conference and this is something that I'm going to touch on because I really want to get it off my back. Um, let me just... Let me just see when it was. So I think Digital Discipleship Conference was... Oh, I can't even remember. Guys, this is how bad I am with all this stuff. That's why if I remember your birthday, you guys better be very thankful because dates, numbers, not my thing. Okay, so it was in July. So July last year. So I have had this on my back. I've been carrying it around like Christian um, on the Pilgrim's Progress. I've been carrying it around for a while, just didn't know where to share it and how to share it, but I'm going to throw it in there now because I just, I want to get it out. Um, the, the One of the insecurities that has come from having a ministry that is online, and I'm going to say it just like I think it and I feel it, is that I, I don't like the fact that People may perceive my engagement, my comments, my shares, anything that I do as networking. I, I'm all for networking, trust me. I, I believe that there is massive benefit in networking. But I must say from the moment I started my podcast, I was a little paranoid that people thought I did things because I was trying to expose and trying to share my podcast. So yeah, that's basically my biggest issue. So I attended a digital discipleship conference. Anyone who knows me, like I am an extrovert. I go to places like conferences, events, people's houses. I'm the kind of person that I intentionally make time to speak with everyone. I sit and talk with everyone, whether I sit and talk to you for three minutes or for 30 minutes, that'll vary. Um, but I I am one of those person, people where I always like to make time for everyone. Um, that's just my personality. When I go to conferences, I'm always introducing myself to people. I'm always like, I'll always like throw a joke out to try and like get a conversation with people. Um, if I see someone by themselves, I'm just like, I am going to sit with you right now. 
I God has just wired me up that way to be very intentional of making people be seen and making people be noticed. Um, I think it's maybe because I've experienced my insecurities have made me very sensitive to people who may feel the way that I feel. So I go out of my way to talk to people. When I see a lonely person sitting by themselves, I'm like, I am going to go talk to you and see how your day was and catch up with you. Um, Charlie is the same. Like Charlie is, she's the same. So when we've attended conferences together, we're literally like trying to see who can we go and sit with. Um, you know, at the camp, like at the, so we've attended North New South Wales events. So you know how you all sit at a table and to have like lunch and meals. So I, Charlie and I, we literally stand with our trays and we try and find the loneliest looking person. And it might, it not necessarily is lonely because they don't have friends. We're just going to go and sit with the one person who doesn't have anyone sitting around them at this moment. So we do that. That's just, I, I love the way that we work like that. So we both, both really strive to do that. So I'm like that as a person, people who know me before the podcast, you will know that I am like that. But I went to the Digital Discipleship Conference and honestly, prior to the Digital Discipleship Conference, I had start, started listening and like li- watching some stuff online about um, exposure, how to scale podcasts, digital ministries, businesses, entrepreneurial type stuff. I had been listening and watching a lot of stuff like that. And I realized, and this is why it got me really insecure. This is why it got me paranoid. I realized that that when it comes to networking, networking can be very selfish. Networking can be very much about, let me go talk to the most important people. Let me go talk to the biggest people, the most influential, the ones that can do a lot for me. And I really didn't like that mindset because I will talk to you whether you are the highest person in the conference And whether you are someone who is not employed by the conference, my mindset is I'm just going to speak to whoever is within speaking proximity. I'm like, I'm going to talk to the person that is closest to me. If we're walking past each other, going to the, one of the workshops, I'm going to like give you a smile and say hi. Like, anyway, when I watched all these like entrepreneurial business scaling people, I'm sure they all are genuine. Like I'm not here to judge whether they're genuine in their friendliness, but I'm just friendly. Like that's just me with a podcast, without a podcast, with a YouTube channel, without a YouTube channel. That is just me. And whether people know that that's genuine or not will only depend on whether you knew me before the podcast. So when I went to the Digital Discipleship Conference, I knew it was like important for networking, but because I had seen the way that networking works, maybe in a worldly environment but I do believe it happens within the church anyway and look that's okay like that's that's not necessarily a bad evil you know unchrist-like thing but it got me really paranoid because I'm like I don't want people to think that I'm only friendly because I'm trying to tell you about my podcast honestly I didn't tell anyone about my podcast until the last day and there were people who were like oh so you know why did you come here and when anyone else prior to that asked me, I was just like, oh, I just wanted to learn more about digital ministry. It wasn't until the end that I think I mentioned to three people that I had a podcast. Um, and that was, I think, just because it was the end of the, and I just wanted to go so that no one knew me having a podcast at the beginning of, of the conference. 
But I, I, I finished at the conference and whatever. And honestly, I was the most shy that I have ever been, I think, like in my converted life. Um, I didn't want to go talk to people. I didn't want to be friendly. I didn't want to sit with particular people. Um, I was with my husband. My husband's more of an introvert, so I was really sensitive to him as well. Like I didn't want to put him in places where he had to sit with like a whole table of brand new people. Um, so generally I just followed his flow, which was really convenient to me because I didn't want to have to be socializing or networking because I was so paranoid about people thinking that the motives for my networking was other than just being friendly. Um, so when I did that, um, after that conference, I came out of it and I was just really like, I just felt like, I don't know, really upset, really depressed, really disappointed with the conference. Um, I was disappointed because I got a little insecure about my YouTube stuff and I was like, no, I'm not doing this YouTube. Like who, who am I to get into YouTube? Um, so I got a little disappointed because I just, I felt like my, my excitement for the YouTube channel was like completely quenched. Um, and that was not because of anyone else or anything they said or anything they did. I just really felt like I was not, um, equipped to bring anything positive to the table because of my skills in terms of the product that I could produce. Um, it wasn't because anyone said anything or, I mean, the, the, the few people that know me previously or that they, that already knew me from the podcast, um, I shared with them about the idea of going into YouTube and they were really affirming. Um, so that was not an issue. It was just my own insecurities about knowing that I didn't have the skills. I don't have the editing skills. I don't have the camera skills. I don't even have a camera. Um, so I was like, what am I doing? Like, who do I think I am? Um, so, but I came out of that cause I'm like, I didn't even make friends. Like I didn't even, I just wasn't myself. I was so quiet, so shy. So I, I isolated myself so much and it was really because of that. And one thing that I have had to deal with, and even on my online engagement, like through Facebook, um, for those who know the episodes early on, I did an episode, which was called, um, ministry stalkers. I think it was called. And that was when my eyes had had opened to digital ministries and also to the value of liking and sharing and commenting and just appreciating digital ministries so that was really early on and I have always done that like I have done that previous to me knowing about networking and the how to scale and how to do all that kind of stuff so I did that previous to that but I will say that as I dealt with the stuff before digital discipleship and as I made new contacts at digital discipleship, as I became aware of other ministries, I really was paranoid about, I don't want people to think that the only reason why I'm sharing their stuff is because I'm trying to get people onto my page because I know that that's what people do. I know that that is like a lot of, um, the drive behind people, collaborating as well oh that's another thing like I haven't wanted to collaborate with like people that are well known like public figure type stuff because I don't want people to think that I'm just like piggybacking on on their ministries to expose my ministry and get greater like a greater interest in my okay seriously like I'm so paranoid to do anything even when I comment like I'll tell you this is this is how bad it is and this is how 
like paranoid and insecure I am about it. So I have like five, I have six Facebook pages. So I run, I think it's four ministry pages, three ministry pages for the church, for my church, my local church. Then I have my personal ministry pages and then I have my, my own personal me page. So what happens is, I don't know how this thing happens and obviously welcome to how uneducated I am when it comes to like social media, stuff like this. So when I comment on someone's post, sometimes it comes up as my other pages. It comes up as my other ministry pages, my personal ministry pages. So the comment doesn't come up as Catalina. The comment page, comment comes up as Connected Adventist Podcast or it comes up as Acts, um, Adventist Committed to Serve. So I'm constant now, now I've got SDA Insider on top of it. So sometimes my comment registers as coming from one of my other profiles so I delete the comments so there and I don't know how to switch it so because I don't know how to switch it there was something that I really wanted to comment on but because it's come up as a ministry page I delete it and then you don't know what my comment is because I'm so paranoid I don't want people to think that I'm commenting under that profile so that people see my profile I'm gonna have to deal with that I'm gonna have to process that but I think at the same time I'm like I don't ever want people to associate my social media engagement or my sharing of your posts on my personal page I don't I'm so scared of people perceiving it as oh she's just trying to she's just trying to get people for her ministries like I really I'm so paranoid about that and I think I've had to really deal with that um but yeah, that, that has been something that has affected me in terms of online stuff. Um, yeah, I don't want people to perceive my appreciation of a co- of a post or of a link. I don't want it to be perceived as something that I'm taking for my own selfish gain. Rather, I really want them to understand the sincerity of how much I appreciate what they just posted. I appreciate what they've created. Um, I really value what they're doing and I really want to affirm you in what you're doing. So yeah, that has been another thing that I've had to deal with. But I encourage all of you, whatever ministry you're doing, um, just to wrap this up, um, keep it in prayer. Continue to ask God to help you to deal with the insecurities or the negativity that comes about with the fact that maybe you only have 10 downloads. Like I was at 10 downloads. Um, I remember I started the podcast and the downloads that I had it would have been close to like a month in the first month would have been like seven. Uh, so for a month I had seven, seven downloads. Honestly, I was so thankful for those seven and I could actually work out who those seven were because <laughs> they were friends um, or family. Um, but then, you know, when 20 came, I was like, oh, wow, I've actually run out of people who I know. So they're obviously someone else that is listening. But yeah, I really encourage you just to continue in what God has done Never question your anointing in the ministry that God has called you. Um, And more than anything, I believe that regardless of your ministry, never question the anointing and um, the identity that God gives you uh, through him. And yeah, if your Facebook and if your social media is purely just for yourself, um, yeah, make sure that you always come back to God uh, and find the validation in him. So that the validation online doesn't have an impact on you and it doesn't shake up your worth, your awesomeness, um, and the beauty and the strength and the influence that God has given you uh, because you are willing to be 
yourself and you're willing to be used by him to reflect who you are um yeah so really encourage you with that and yeah i encourage you all to get into digital ministry i think i'm gonna always tell everyone to get into digital ministry um and and don't be thrown off by figures like we're all on a different journey i've been doing this for a year year and a bit um and i am up to about 100 averaging 100 downloads some weeks it's less some weeks it's like 70 downloads um and yeah at, at the best uh, the fornicators episode got like a hundred maybe just over a hundred um I don't actually check figures by the way like I have gotten to a point where I just I'm like I don't want this to be about a numbers thing and I don't want numbers to ever make me doubt or question my calling for the podcast ever again um so I don't check um I don't compare it either um, there was, after the Fornicators episode was the first time that I saw like figures in the hundred, um, oh, like 98. And that was that cause my, the way my thing, sh- the way my dashboard works for my, my, my podcast upload website is it gives you a figure. So it gives you the figure for the last week and the last episode. I actually don't even look at that figure. So I just go straight to where it says add episode. So I don't pay attention to that. But that that week, I'm like, oh, at a glance, I could see like numbers were different to what they usually are. And I'm like, wow, that's gone really high. But I don't compare it. I don't, nothing. To this day, YouTube, my YouTube video, the one that I uploaded for Christmas, I have no idea how many views that thing has had. I don't actually look to see the views. Um, I don't care. Like, I really don't care whether 20 people have watched that video or whether 20 million people have watched that video. It doesn't affect me on a personal level. If 20 million watched it, I'm like, praise the Lord. Like, thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Um, but it, I don't check those numbers because I don't want them to mess with my head. And I don't want them to mess with what I believe God has called me to. Am I going to be thankful if it goes viral? Yeah, of course. But it's because I know that that is the influence that God is allowing that video to have, um, not because it's reflective of me, but because there was 20 million people that have just had a deeper and a better, clearer understanding of what Seventh-day Adventists believe in regards to Christmas. Um, so that's that's the mindset that I have with regards to podcast downloads, video subscriptions, uh, YouTube subscriptions, or uh, Facebook comments, Facebook likes. I'm like, praise the Lord that someone has been able to engage and consume that so that they can have a better, clearer understanding of what God has shown me. Um, And for God's glory, like honestly, it is for God's glory. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm like, I'm just, I'm just thankful to be used. I'm like, the glory that I get out of this is that God is willing to use me um, with all my insecurities, with all my defects, with all my sins, uh, with all my issues. God's like, I want you. I want you and I I need you. Um, And I'm just willing to step in there and, and fill that gap. Um, all right, guys, that's it. Until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire that you stay warm in God's love, that you stay cool for Jesus' name, and you stay on fire with the Holy Spirit and in the peace and the assurance and the validation uh, that comes through everything that God has made you to do. All right, until next week, ciao for now.